Hey, hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hong Kong's first and only hockey podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and tonight's CIHL update is brought to you by Yardley Brothers Beer. Got yourself some spicy chicken wings or delicious pizza? What better way to wash it down than with some Yardley Brothers Beer? That's right, folks. We're stoked to have Yardley Brothers Beer as one of our sponsors. These guys are known for their scrumptious sour beers, as well as loads of other delicious brews like Lama Island IPA, Hong Kong Bastard Imperial Ale, Quit Your Job Saison, and my favorite, Machine Man Pale Ale. Want to get some of this delicious stuff inside your belly? You can find it at the Globe, Hill 65, Roundhouse, or Lama Grill. Well, heck, even swing by City Super or The Wanch. They got some bottles there. Find yourself wandering over on Lama Island? Yardley Brothers even have a beer shack over there. Their new location is even closer to the Ferry Pier. They'll be serving cold pints from November. Visit their website for more information at yardleybrothers.hk. All right, folks, this past week, the Macau Aces battled back from a 3-1 deficit, reeling off four unanswered goals in the third period to come away with a 5-3 win over the defending champion Kowloon Warriors. Last week's podcast guest, Whitney Olsen, led the way for the Aces with two goals and was named first star of the game. Josh Gordon was the second star with two goals in a losing cause, and Horace Chung was the third star with his 23-save performance for the Aces. The second game of the night saw the Hong Kong Tycoons also come back from a 3-1 deficit to pull off a hard-fought 4-3 victory over the South China Sharks. The Sharks, who are playing without one of their best players, Jordan So, fought hard all night to overcome his absence, but eventually fell short. Lucas Eshelman was the game's first star with two goals and an assist. Nicholas Weberg, one of the league's newest talents, was the second star with a goal and an assist. And Tycoon's goalie, Emerson Kung, was the third star with a great 24-save performance. This coming Thursday, there's only one game on the slate. The South China Sharks will face the Macau Aces at 10 p.m. at Mega Ice. The CIHL, Hong Kong's elite hockey league. Unfortunately, tonight I have some sad news to talk about before I get to my guest. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the passing of Joey Moss. Joey was the dressing room attendant for the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. Born with Down syndrome, Joey struck up a friendship with the great one, Wayne Gretzky, in the mid-80s, while he was playing with the Oilers and dating Moss's sister. Gretzky advised the team to give Moss a tryout as locker room attendant, a job he held on to for over three decades. His infectious smile, enthusiasm for life, and watching him proudly belt out our national anthem at every single game will certainly be missed. R.I.P. Joey Moss. Also, Canada lost a true legend this week. Alex Trebek passed away at the age of 80 after a courageous battle with pancreatic cancer. Not only was he, was he the always popular host of Jeopardy, he was an incredible advocate for all things Canada, especially the great game of hockey. Rest in peace, Mr. Alex Trebek. All right, folks, I am stoked to announce that tonight's interview is brought to you by one of our newest sponsors on the podcast, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. Are your headphones falling apart? Or does your cable do that annoying thing where it only plays sound from one ear? But maybe it's time for an upgrade. Accessory House Global is your one-stop shop for premium headphone accessories. They specialize in ear pads, headbands, carrying cases, and audio cables. Whether you have Bose, 
Sony, Sennheiser, Beats, Fostex, Denon, or even a set of high-end focal headphones. They've got you covered. All across the pond, hockey podcast listeners get 20% off their first purchase. Use the code AHG20OFF at the checkout and boom, you're sorted. You can check them out on YouTube or at the real AHG on Instagram. Check out their website at accessoryhouseglobal.com and take your first step to reviving your audio experience. All right, my guest today is making his second appearance here at Across the Pond. He's a strength and conditioning coach at Joint Dynamics, podcast host, plays a huge role in Hong Kong's inline hockey world. From Swansea, Wales, please welcome Mr. Dom Brown. Thanks How are you, buddy? For, yeah, great. Thanks for having me again, Chris. You're very welcome. It's good to see you again. Uh, the last time I saw you, I just looked it up. It was February t- 12th. Just at the start of the pandemic. Just at the start, yeah, just before things got interested in Hong Kong. That's right. <laughs> and globally. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about that for you, first of all. I know uh, with your line of work, with all the closures of the gyms and, um, you know, trying to move your business to an online thing, tell me a little bit about that and how you kept your head above water. Yeah, um, obviously a lot of people in the fin- fitness industry um, globally uh, felt a bit of the pinch, especially with the gyms closing. I was fortunate enough to be working at a company that was quite well established. We were um, doing a lot of online coaching. Um, so a lot of my clients were kind of e- well, either training outside at the beginning of the pandemic because we were still allowed to train outdoors. A lot of my clients were a little bit reluctant for obvious reasons to to train outside mm-hmm. or to uh, to do things in their um, you know the clubhouse at their apartments. So we were trying to do some things online via Zoom, via uh, Skype and things like that. Um, and then one thing that kind of uh, inspired me, I guess, I, I was speaking to a lot of people about uh, ice hockey and inline hockey strength and conditioning because it's obviously a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I started, um, well, I was <laughs> advised by a couple of friends, you know, why not record these conversations you're having and and do a podcast. And yeah. Having spoken to you about it, and I was like, you know, that's a great idea. I think uh, in terms of strength and conditioning and ice hockey in Asia, especially, that is quite a kind of very, well, it's a very niche market. There's not many people speaking about it. So I figured, you know, maybe there are other people um, in the sport that want to hear about these conversations. Of course. Um, so start off speaking to some, uh, you know, one of your previous guests, uh, Andrew Kayser, mm-hmm. um, s- spoke to quite a few people in the ice hockey uh, strength conditioning field, some um, professional players, then some inline players and things like that. So it kind of snowballed from there, and I didn't really expect it to be anything other than me just wanting to speak to people. Right. And then, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we had a few listeners and people uh, tuning in from around the world, which I was really surprised about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was one thing I was doing. So oh. Congratulations on that. Thanks, so, man. <laughs> so the name of the podcast for our listeners is The Sound of the Barbell. Yes. And yeah. um, I know how much work goes into starting a podcast, so congratulations, man. Thanks, I, man. You, you've had some great guests already and great conversations, so you're going to get it back going pretty soon? Yes, yeah. So uh, with, with the whole pandemic thing uh, and my, I guess, my client base being a little bit less uh, active as I was 
as I was expecting or was hoping. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I did with uh, Joint Dynamics was help start the, their podcast up. So right. mine kind of went on the back burner for a while, which is mm -hmm. which is fine. You know, I, I, I spoke to a lot of great people, like you said, and I've still got some conversations that I've had that are waiting to be uploaded. But okay. obviously my kind of priorities had to go elsewhere uh, during the pandemic. And that's where my energy was going was working on the on the kind of uh, joint dynamics podcast rather than my own right i wanted to ask you that the number of people during the pandemic that either a chose to use it as an opportunity to get in shape yeah uh or or did you see the numbers uh maybe dropping around that um i think a lot of people for various reasons with gym closures access to equipment maybe even mentally maybe mm. they weren't uh, working out as much as they were beforehand uh, a lot of people around, uh, definitely in Hong Kong, maybe around the world, um, you know, use exercise as stress relief. Yeah. Uh, some people maybe then almost had that taken away from them. So I found that during the pandemic, there was a lot of people that used to exercise that kind of stopped. Maybe their diet wasn't as good as it was previously. Um, they weren't as active. So I think now the gyms are reopened in Hong Kong. I'm seeing a lot more people coming back to it, which right. is great. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people need that help or, or need that kind of guidance from a trainer or from um, you know someone who, who knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't feel comfortable working up by themselves. Of course. Or you need they, the motivation then. Yeah, motivation yeah. or even just a lot of people, what happened was they came, they went back to the gym and then they got hurt because they tried to do the things they were doing maybe three or four months back right. in terms of lifting weights or the number of reps they were doing and they kind of jumped straight back into where they left off, um, which is obviously not a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great to see people getting back in the gym, but going back to, you know, you, you need to kind of work back in slowly rather than jumping back in exactly where you left off. Right, very important. Yes. So did you manage to find time to watch any of the NHL playoffs? I did, actually, yeah. I was um, quite fortunate in terms of my work schedule that um, I was ha had my I had a few clients early in the morning and then I'd have a bit of a break between, say, 8 a.m. and 9 and nine uh, a.m., sometimes a little bit later. So I was quite lucky. I'd kind of go in and get do some work while having the... Uh, the, the playoffs on in the background. Of so course. I got to see quite a few of the games, which was great. What are your yeah. overall thoughts about how the NHL did and how they pulled off the playoffs? I think it was great. I think um, in terms of the, the bubbles and, and the way they organized it, um, it's one of those things that a lot of people, it's not something you can really plan for because no one expected this to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was really good. I, you know, th they got the playoffs played, which is as a hockey fan was amazing. You yeah. know, I, I'm glad they did that rather than just kind of cancelled it. And also, it meant that the Bruins didn't get to keep hold of the cup. <laughs> That's right. That's for you, Paulie. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was great. And um, from a, a kind of personal perspective as well, even though I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, yeah, uh, it was great to see uh, Patrick Maroon lift his second cup uh, with a different team. I mean, he's he grew up playing inline hockey. Uh, so for for myself and other inline hockey players, it was great to see that. And yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. And um, and I think there's a lot more players now that are coming out and saying that uh, inline hockey has really helped their ice yeah. game. And I think we've mentioned it before yeah, in, we in did, our previous podcast. And yeah. was there was was Patrick Maroon somebody who advocates for inline players and inline hockey in general? Um, I, yeah, I believe so. I mean, he's played a lot of the big tournaments in like Notch, um, State Wars, things like that. Tournaments that uh, go on in in North America. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he was a kind of, I guess, one of those guys that was almost like a poster boy for inline along with those other players like uh, Corey Perry and um, Bobby Ryan right. also played around in, in Huntington Beach. Yeah. And 
Um, yeah, th those kind of guys, especially for me as a players that I look up to because they've played in line and they've made it at the biggest, you know, the highest level possible, obviously for ice. But to see that in line has kind of helped their game maybe mm -hmm. and they kind of, I don't know if they credit that to improve in their game, but they, they played both. Right. Um, and it brings credibility, more credibility to the sport of inline hockey as well. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, you know, it's yeah. not quite as popular as ice hockey, so I'm yeah. sure having those guys It is, advocates. yeah. And, and definitely, they, they kind of, they almost like role models then for, right. for players. I mean, even even myself, I'm, I think I'm probably older than Patrick Maroon, but yeah. <laughs> he's still, for me, is a role model. Right. Um, and I, I love, I just like the way he plays. He, he doesn't shy away from anything. He's a big guy. He gets stuck in. And yeah. uh, even though inline traditionally is a bit less physical, he's still, like, he puts his body in, in, in the places that it needs to be put. And like I said, winning two cups back to back. And yeah. uh, it was awesome to see. Scoring some big goals in both years too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, your overall thoughts about the, uh, is there an asterisk beside the, the, the Stanley Cup champions this year, do you think, because of the way things were played, or do you think it was a uh, level playing field? It's a good question, to be honest with you. I think overall, um, I do think the best team won. I think yeah. Tampa Bay, go, even going into the playoffs, they, you know, I can't remember exactly, but they were ranked up there, mm -hmm. one or two. Um, yeah. They've got a solid team. They've got strength and depth. Uh, it was great to see Steve Stamkos lifting the cup. Uh, yeah. It's a shame that he missed the playoffs. And I, I mean, he, scored, he played like one shift <laughs> yeah. and scored a goal. Um, so, yeah, it was good to see him lift, lift the, the cup. I think he deserves it. Uh, yeah. I think the team as a whole deserved it overall, over the season. Like I said, I'm a Penguins fan, but I think the Lightning deserved to win it. Yeah, totally. It was another sad, sad moment for Stamkos. I mean, he's had some major injuries and yeah. missed a couple of playoff runs and comes out for one shift, scores a goal. And it was nice to see him. And, and you know, like we talked about it on the podcast. It's just one of those stories that's hard to believe. Yeah. Like he yeah. gets one chance. He's flying up the, up the wing and just snipes top corner. And then that was it for him. And we never saw him again. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm ho I'm hoping that he'll be back and play most of next season. Like yeah. I said, I, he's a great hockey player. He's one of those guys that you always look at and you think, I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really good to see him lift the cup. And I think that, you know, obviously my team didn't do very well, but uh, it was good to see a, a team like Tampa Bay kind yeah. of go, go all the way. Totally. All right, well, let's get into the world of Hong Kong inline hockey. I know you're really passionate about this, so... Yeah. Take me right back to the beginning when you first got involved in inline hockey before you even came here. Well, so uh, I must have been about like 11, 12, 13, I think, when the, the kind of Mighty Ducks films came out. And mm -hmm. um, it's just one of those things that it, it seemed to explode in, in Swansea, where I'm from back home. And there was uh, a guy, there was a couple of guys, and one I remember quite vividly is a guy called Spencer. And at the local leisure center, he would run a training session and then after the training session, you split up into teams and play a bit of a game. And, I mean, there were hundred, about 100 kids turning up frequently. Every Saturday morning, we'd go to the leisure center, do a bit of skating practice, a bit of kind of basic hockey training. And it kind of grew from there. And like I said, I was about 12 or 13 at the time. Um, and from there, you know, like we had must be you know, 12 teams in the league, I think. And there was like teams from all the little villages around Swansea. Mm -hmm. And you played for your local village. And it was a, a very kind of, not tribal, but it was, it was you know, a, a kind of a local, there was a rivalries there yeah, between the, like, the local villages. And it, it didn't, didn't obviously didn't turn anything serious because 
we were kids at the time, yeah. but playing with your buddies from down the road. And, you know, we used to train in a car park of a pub and uh, or like um, an industrial estate. And we I remember skating to practice in my full gear with helmet, stick gloves. People must have thought, what the heck is this guy doing? Because yeah. <laughs> obviously, I mean, you think of South Wales and uh, with the exception of the Cardiff Devils, yeah. no one really knows anything about well, ice that's hockey. That's what I was going to ask you. If there's 12 teams in your inline league yeah how many ho- ice hockey teams were there well in the area? Th- th- there's only one ice rink in south wales okay. and that's one in cardiff so th- wow. that's why for us inline hockey was i guess the main outlet really because yeah. you could play it anywhere you could play it mm-hmm. in leisure centers the equipment wasn't that expensive at the time because i mean we were playing with the old like my eclipse sticks which had the screw on plastic blades yeah. uh i remember those vividly and heating them up and getting yeah. a good curve on them <laughs> yeah exactly uh, you know playing on i think we had like franklin skates and all this kind of stuff and yeah. it, uh, it kind of just grew from there basically we we started off with this uh, in-house league and then we separated off into teams and then the local league picked up and it kind of snowballed like i said there was about 12 teams in the league at one point um and then it went up to peewees and the 14s and the 18s and it kind of grew from there and then there were two leagues in south wales one uh, in southwest wales uh, swansea area where i was from and then one in southeast wales so like the cardiff area mm-hmm. which was a lot of the kind of ice hockey players there got involved in that um and then over time we just carried on training um just got selected to play for the kind of regional team so each league then would send like a select team to play against the best of uh, the leagues in England and Scotland and everything like that. So that was really cool. And I mean, we would go up to these places and we would get our, our backsides handed to us because yeah. we were playing against guys that had proper coaching um, from like ice hockey players or were involved in ice hockey, whereas a lot of our coaches were dads, yeah. you know, people volunteering and things like that. But it was really, it was good fun, you know, playing against teams from Sheffield, Manchester area. Um, and getting exposure to these kind of tournaments was amazing for us. And, you know, it was a steep learning curve. Yeah. But, you know, eventually we we turned the 24-1 losses into kind of more respectable scores. Of course. Um, but, yeah, it kind of grew from there. Then after that, I got into coaching. So I would help out with my local team. Then I got selected to coach the, the regional team, which was called the Super League team. And then from there, I got chosen to coach with the Great Britain team. Uh, in between that, I played for Great Britain at two world championships player coach i uh, know i was a player in 2003 and 2004 and then from 2006 then i started uh, i was on the coaching side okay uh, so then i coached from under 10 through to i was uh, i was assistant coach for the senior men's in 2010 at, uh, at the tournament in czech republic and then in 2011 this is where the story about me coming over to hong kong yeah. comes uh, so i was coaching um under under 10s through to under 16s um in california and the hong kong team were there and one of the the coaches for the hong kong team we used to play against each other in uh, in one of the leagues in the uk and he approached me and said you know, we're looking for coaches to come to hong kong do you fancy it and i was like wow i've never been to asia i was you know thinking what i'd love to obviously because it was a chance for me to do something i was yeah. doing in the uk as a hobby and do it as a job and at the time, I was working for an insurance company, and I spoke to my wife, and she's like, "You know, why not? It's your passion. Yeah. How often are you going to get a chance like this?" And my dad said, "Yeah, you should go for it." And my mum was a bit more, <laughs> a bit more reserved because, you know, she didn't want me to move away, obviously. Yeah. Um, but she told me, you know, this it's a chance of a lifetime. Um, so I ended up moving out. I was going to move out for a year, and that was nine years ago. Yeah. yeah so um, that was it. Was awesome. It was 
you know, the program when I moved across here was doing pretty well. And then I kind of came in and started uh, just helping them work on what they'd been working for the last couple of years. Did you have any idea when you're at that tournament in California that there were even big inline programs in Asia? I didn't, to be honest with you. No, I mean, it was seeing the Hong Kong team there was great because I was like, oh, that's such a cool thing. Yeah. Seeing, and I mean, there were teams from like Colombia. Um, who else was there? I mean, I played against Singapore and Japan in the World Championships like uh, previously as a player. Right. So I'd seen these kind of teams from other parts of the world. And, you know, it wasn't just uh, Europe and North America anymore. And it was really good for me to see right. these other countries um, being invested in online hockey. And, Having decent programs, I mean, there was a lot of good players in the Hong Kong team. And there's a lot of good players in like in the Jap in the Japan team and mm -hmm. the Colombia team. So I, but I didn't really know much about inline hockey in Asia before a seeing them in in California and then moving across here. Right. So what was the scene like when you first got here? Were you, were, were you pleasantly surprised? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the, the program had been going for a while before I moved across here. There was a, a guy in particular who. Uh, was the coach that I mentioned? Uh, his name is Owe Bailey, and he he done a fantastic job with uh, with the program before I moved out. Um, there was a lot of um, in those days, I guess. Say those days. I mean, eight nine years ago now. But there was a lot, quite a lot of crossover between the ice and inline community. So a lot of the uh, what I would class as better players in both ice and inline did both. Um, there's players like Justin Chang. Uh, Jerry Tang, Justin Fan, Jordan Ho, uh, Jack Woods, all these kind of players that play in a decent level, play for the national ice hockey team, but also played in line hockey. Right. So there's a good crossover there. And obviously there's a lot more players. I, you know, this, yeah. I, I'd be here all night if I, <laughs> if I wasn't <laughs> to list them out. But um, yeah, I was really surprised. Not kind of surprised, but I also kind of... Kind where, of were you, where were we as training at that time so, uh, when you first got here? So I was working at the YMCA in okay. Jordan. Yeah. yeah, so the rink there. And, and at the time, we I think we just put down, or the, the guys had just put down this ice court floor in. And it was so nice to play on, because that's the rink, the, the kind of surface that they were playing on in North America. Right. So the puck moves really nice on it. It's mm -hmm. nice to skate on. Um, yeah. Uh, th and we had that in until, I think it was around like March or April time when the humidity kind of started to kick in. And then mm -hmm. it became a little bit dangerous. So we had to take it back up because... It was literally like... Does it gets slippery? Yeah, very, very slippery. Yeah. It was almost like going on ice on wheels. You couldn't... Right. And when you're coaching kids and you're saying to them, don't skate full speed, and you see, you know, they're chasing after a puck, they're not gonna, they're yeah. not going to think about how fast they're skating. No, that's not a good thing to be telling the kids. Yeah, Slow so, down. Yeah, yeah so no, we... You um, don't want to be doing that. Yeah, so we <laughs> took the floor and up anyway and we went back to the, the floor that's on at the minute, which is like the kind of uh, con painted concrete. Right. So since you've been here for nine years now, so... Yeah. How much has inline grown in the past nine years? Um, it's been a bit funny, to be honest with you. I think um, the year that uh, myself and, and OE left, which would have been 2012, uh, we left our positions at the YMCA. Now, um, after that, I think over the, the years following that time, it kind of dwindled a little bit in the youth program, which then obviously, if you don't have a good youth program in mm -hmm. place, it, it's hard to, to kind of... Um, kind of prop up the senior league and then a lot of senior players um stop playing or just continue with just ice or a lot of the guys that kind of got to 17 18 went away to college which seems to be a bit of a thing in in hong kong a lot of the guys will go away to north america or europe to study so a lot of those players that uh that were here when i first arrived and was coaching they kind of went away to to college or right. to yeah so the the kind of the scene almost I, I don't want to say dwindled, but it kind of 
um, we didn't have as many numbers playing as maybe in previous years mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. And I think that was one of them is, is because basically a lot of the kids kind of grew up and went away and for whatever else. Yeah, yeah. other reasons. A lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are some of the big events that you guys look forward to every year with, with inline hockey around Asia? I know, like, obviously now we're not traveling, but yeah. when things open back up, what, what kind of things can inline players around here look, look forward to? So uh, basically, the the biggest well, the, what, one of the biggest ones that was running in Asia was actually the the Hong Kong Inline Cup, and that had been running since before I came to Hong Kong, and there'd been players and teams from North America come across and Europe and Australia, and uh, I mean we had some very good teams. I mean there's players like Itan Shavira, Junior Cadiz, um, Kirk French, all like Team USA, Team Canada players that came across. Um, we had teams from Sweden coming over. And it, that was probably the biggest inline hockey uh, tournament in Asia. Oh. Um, but obviously, past few years, in term with the protests and then now with the pandemic, it's kind of uh, put that one on the back burner for a while. But I'm hoping the next year we can revive it and and make it bigger and better than ever. There's the Malaysia inline hockey tournament that happens every August as well. And again, that's been running. I think it was this tenth year anniversary um, last year. Again, that was meant to happen this year, but uh, I think next year that will be revived. And then there's also the Asia Alliance Cup, which is, will be in Taiwan. Again, that was meant to be in May this year. Again, Has it already been postponed? It's been postponed, yeah, yeah. so till next year. So a lot, I think there's been a lot, of, um, <clears throat> a lot of tournaments that should have gone ahead over the last 12 months that have been postponed till next year. But it's great to see so many of them now. I mean, there's one that was meant to be in Surabaya in Indonesia, in uh, August as well. Um, so to see countries like Indonesia running their own tournaments mm -hmm. is great. There's one in the Singapore inline, uh, ho inline hockey tournament or inline hockey cup was ran a few, few years back too. So, you know, seeing these kind of other countries like Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Taiwan, running all the tournaments is, is great. And a lot of the players around the region um, will go to the tournaments and support, which is great, you know, especially for for a sport like inline hockey. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing to hear all these stories, man, like ball hockey, inline hockey, ice hockey happening in all these countries in Southeast Asia. It, yeah. it, it all just helps develop hockey in general and, and an appreciation for the for the sport. And they're yeah. so similar and yet so different. Exactly. And I think that, um, like I mentioned earlier, that for a sport like inline hockey, we are not as big as ice hockey. Mm -hmm. We don't have the, the numbers in terms of players and, and all these other things going on. So... Um, a lot of the players, I think the community is quite close, which um, which is kind of one of the reasons that uh, kind of we started up uh, Wheelhub Asia. Yeah. Um, so tell me about this. I got this great new T-shirt on right now. Yeah. Wheelhub Asia. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah. So um, it it was kind of born from a couple of things really. One was the community aspect that we just mentioned, and that's probably the biggest one for us is is building that community because, like I said, it's it's impossible for us to compete against ice hockey. Um, but what we do have is a really close network of friends, basically, mm -hmm. around the region, uh, from Japan through to India and, and everywhere in between that are playing inline hockey, that we always chat to each other, we always attend each other's tournaments, and we just figured, why not have like a, a hub, a community for players to talk about these tournaments that are going on in China, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, Singapore, all these other cool places, where we can, because a lot of time maybe players don't know about these tournaments. So we're like, you know, let's have this um, forum or community where we can share the ideas, help each other promote it. Um, 
and also send teams because you know having for me I went to the Malaysia inline hockey tournament last year and it was amazing it was my first time there um, I'd been you know I'd planned on going previous years but just things like financially and mm -hmm. and things like that didn't work out but it was so amazing to see players from all over like Iran uh, we had players from Indonesia Taipei uh, Taiwan um, all these other countries come together and play and it was, it was like a festival of of sport and we you know we'd all go out after the games and have a few beers and stuff and it was really cool and that's you know something that was important to us is the community aspect you know yeah. helping develop the sport but promote it and that's why we kind of we decide on the name wheel hub because you've got the obviously the physical hub of the wheel but yep. then also the kind of the hub where people come together to discuss things. That's yeah. great, man. So it's wheelhubasia.com? That's right, yeah. So basically, it's um, the, the other reason we set it up is because finding inline hockey wheels, a good quality inline hockey wheels in Asia is quite difficult. A lot of a lot of the time you have to buy it online from North America. Mm -hmm. Then you get all the kind of deliver, you know, the shipping costs and everything on top. So it actually works out quite expensive. So another aspect or another area that we looked into was dealing directly with the manufacturers and saying, listen, you know, we've got all these players in Asia. We want uh, good quality products, but can we just, is there a way where we can keep the Skip cost out? Yeah, 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 make it affordable for players. I mean, yeah. it's not like we want to, you know, we're going to become millionaires from it. We want to give players access to high quality products at, at reasonable prices. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what that's another aspect of, of what we do with Wheel Hub, but our main focus is really the community aspect of it. That's great, man. So you've also got an exciting new partnership to talk about with uh, Hong Kong Inline Hockey. Tell me about the PAMA Golden Knights Academy. Yeah, sure. So the PAMA Golden Knights Academy um, is basically uh, it's, it's a community-based program where they run uh, programs for coaches and teams around the world. Uh, they, they try to make the costs as cheap as possible, you know, running free camps for players, free camps for coaches around the world. Uh, I mean, they've, they're in Mexico, um, like a lot of South American countries, and now we're trying to bring them into Asia to basically help improve the, the standards and the quality of playing and coaching in, in Hong Kong, oh, not just Hong Kong, but Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um, it was founded this year uh, in 2020. Now there's a, a pro inline hockey team called the Palmer Golden Knights um, and they've you know competed at the at pro tournaments around uh, North America and done very well and a lot of those players um, are also coaches that will be helping to run camps and things for players uh, so they they basically have a team of coaches and players like one of the, the guys is a guy Dave Hammond who's like Team Canada captain for a few years. Another guy is uh, Ethan Javira, one of the biggest names in inline hockey, a Team USA um, member, of, you know, going back quite a few years now. Um, and basically what they're trying to do is basically give back to the sport. Um, myself, you know, the same kind of philosophy. Mm -hmm. I've come to an age now where, you know, we need to give back to the sport because we are a minority sport and we want to do what we can to kind of uh, give back and make sure there's a future for the, for the sport. Awesome. Yeah. Certainly commend you for that. You're doing great things uh, to help the inline community and, and hockey in general, the, ho the whole hockey community in Thanks, Asia. Chris. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so you got wheelhubasia.com going on. You got the sound of the barbell. Yep. What else is going on with you, Dom, and what's coming up next? Uh, what's coming up next? So, um, well, we've just started our um, inline hockey season. So I'm back to, well, played last season. I'm playing this season as well. Uh, so I'm kind of focusing on that, really, just uh, enjoying playing hockey again, mm -hmm. trying to work, you know, trying to build a community. Um, 
through attending tournaments and things like that, just mm -hmm. trying to network. Uh, we're speaking to, like I said, the Palmer Golden Knights Academy, trying to help facilitate some free camps around Asia, um, you know, bringing in the best players in the world to come across to run clinics for players and coaches. So I think that that's our kind of main focus now with Wheelhub Asia is to to bring the Palmer Golden Knights Academy guys in when travel reopens and just continue to, to kind of enjoy playing and trying to give back to the sport and trying to give players in Asia these opportunities because, um, like I said, you know, the, the kind of, it's, it's hard for us to compete with the ice guys, but hopefully we can build up some more relationships with the ice guys as well in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. try to get a lot more of them onto wheels. Uh, there's a couple of them now that are playing um, in our Tuesday night Division One, and there's a couple of guys that play ice in Division Two as well. So we're kind of, we're getting out, you know, we're getting there with the help of uh, Keith Fong from mm -hmm. um, uh, Powerplay Sports Entertainment. He's doing a great job of running the league in Hong Kong, and we're trying to kind of help as much as we can there uh, in terms of bringing in more players and just grow the sport, basically. Yeah. Right. And if anybody's listening that wants to uh, to join, join or come and check out some inline hockey, how can they do that? Yeah, so, so uh, we have a Division 2 on a Monday night, 8.30 and 9.30 uh, face-offs, and then Tuesday night, the same times, 8.30, 9.30 at the Kings Park Centenary Centre in Jordan. Uh, you know, come down and, and kind of have a, have a little look. Ask, ask any of the players there about, about, the, about the sport, and I'm sure like any of the guys that are playing in the league will be more than happy to help. Uh, or you can message us on Instagram, at WheelHubAsia. Uh, or even get in touch with Powerplay Sports Entertainment as well. Uh, I'm sure that Keith won't be, um, you know, w would actually love to hear from people that are interested in the sport and mm -hmm. coming down to try it out. Uh, um, and just, yeah, coming down because we, we need more players in the league um, and it'd be good to get some more of the ice guys down to, you know, I'm sure that it'll help their ice game as well. And yeah. especially with ice hockey. Uh, but they the don't get rinks. a lot of ice time. So no. it would be a benefit for them to just, just to get out moving in a couple extra days a week or at 100%. least one extra day. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know that a lot of the, the senior programs, they don't train yeah, uh, because exactly. uh, you know, ice time is so expensive mm -hmm. and limited. Exactly. Um, even just coming down to play, play on wheels for a bit, just to, you know, keep your eye in and keep your, keep your hands fresh and stuff. It'd be good to see more guys down. Perfect, Dom. Thanks so much for coming in and spending some You're time welcome. with me again. Thanks, Chris. That was Across the Pond, and that's a wrap. All right, folks, I want to send out a huge thank you to my good friend Brandon Mullen from AccessoryHouseGlobal.com for jumping on board as a sponsor for Season 2 of the podcast. I'm also excited to announce that Yardley Brothers Beer and the Big Bite Restaurant will also continue sponsoring the podcast this season. Thank you all for your tremendous support.